Hello, church family. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Nehemiah chapter 5. Uh, that's going to be our study for this week. And just by the way of introduction, um, and as well, also a little bit of way of review, um, you know, chapter 4, we talked about how uh, there are uh, different types of problems that can enter into the church. Some are problems from uh, outside of the church, uh, others are inside, and then um, in, in both cases, though, it's, uh, it's just a reality of, of ministry. And we see that chapter 4 where there's these enemies, the, um, the Samaritans that were upset at the Jews for doing what they're doing. So they were trying to do, basically just like talk, talk trash to get the people to be discouraged so they could stop building the wall. They, there were these threats that they made. And um, in the end, uh, as we'll see as we keep going through this book, that... Uh, the, yes, the threats were made, and um, but it was never like completely executed in the way that uh, they were hoping, and that's because God was watching over them. God has frustrated their plans, and then there's also enemy within, in that uh, the people within uh, Jerusalem uh, that were discouraged by what's going on outside now, the fear they start trying to discourage other people to from finishing the work as well. And remember last week, that's well, that was kind of like our application that there are problems from outside, problems from inside. But uh, there is a greater threat that is actually we're born with, and that is the, and that's sin. Uh, sin is always the issue that we have to deal with in life, and it's not even uh, things that we not necessarily sin that we deal with outside, but we have internal sins, the residual sin because of being in a fallen world and ha and being inside fallen vessels. But sin has to be dealt with. Sin must be dealt with in the life of, of the church. Um, and unfortunately, because um, we are fallen, um, there are going to be conflict. Um, there's a reason why I think in the New Testament, Jesus talks about in the Beatitudes about having, uh, blessed are those are peacemakers. And peacemakers are individuals that are trying to do their best to resolve issues between two parties. Um, and this is what unfortunately happens in every church, um, if and usually it happens in church. If let's say there's a conflict and they don't want to just split, uh, if they want to keep continue going and being part of the same church, there has to be some sort of resolution. And we're going to see that in this chapter where there's a problem within the church or a problem within Israel. Sorry, there's a problem within the camp of um, Jerusalem and how Nehemiah has to deal with it. So again, like as usual, I'm going to walk through this text first, and then uh, throughout this week, we're going to just walk through or have different applicational thoughts for us. So Nehemiah chapter 5. Now, there was a great outcry of the people and of their wives against the, their uh, Jewish brothers, for, their, for there were those who said, We, our sons and our daughters, are many. Therefore, let us get grain and we may eat, uh, that we may eat and live. There were others who said, We are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our houses, that we might get grain because of the famine. And also there are those who said, We have borrowed money for the king's tax on our fields and our vineyards. Now our flesh is like the flesh of our brothers, and our children are like the children, our children like their children. Yet behold, we are forcing our sons and daughters to be slaves, and some of our daughters are forced into bondage already. And we're helpless because of our fields and vineyards belong to others. So this section here really be, starts off by explaining how there's a distress that was going on. This word great, beginning this this phrase, a great outcry, is actually the same word that was used in Exodus chapter 3, verse 9, when they're 
or after like the slaughtering of all the Jews, Jewish babies was this cry out for God. This is the same word here. Uh, there was this, and it's interesting that there's a parallel because it's just like back in Egypt when they were crying out for God because they're. Uh, their kids are being killed in this situation. Uh, they're crying out because their kids are being sold into slavery again. So there's an interesting parallel here in that sense. Uh, but these wives are crying out and people are crying out against their fellow Jewish brothers. And you have to imagine as uh, the men are building the walls, um, you know, they left some of their wives behind and they're feeling the consequences of, uh, of their actions. They're feeling this weight of um, what the J Jewish men are doing. And there's apparently a famine going on, and they have to put their own kids into um, slavery. Uh, and, a, uh, and they weren't even selling their kids to slavery to like Gentiles. They're selling uh, their slaves to one another, and um, and this is actually something that is a, a grave offense in, in in Leviticus 25. It speaks that if they were to do that, uh, they're not supposed to treat their own like fellow brothers and sisters, like fellow Jewish slave, as as something different, uh, or like they would a Gentile, but this will treat them like a, you know, like a worker, like a like a like a with a kindness and love towards them because they are their own people. And usually, after six years of of servitude, um, the seventh year is a is a year of jubilee, and then they are free from, uh, from, uh, from their bondage of slavery. But these people are not doing that. In fact, they start doing slavery the way that the world was doing slavery, where there is no end, um, and when they are. Um, uh, you know, in bondage, there's no hope. Uh, but that's not how it's supposed to be. And these people, uh, they were doing this. It was just a normal in their society. And they're, they're finally bringing this up to Nehemiah, who had no idea what was going on. This is like, you know, he just came in, tried to fix the wall. And all of a sudden, he, he hears all this conflict going on in the context of the, of, of, of the camp. And you can see in verse 6, Then I was very angry when I heard their outcry in these words. I consulted with myself and contended with the nobles and the rulers and said to them, you are exacting Suri um, each from his brother. Therefore, I held a great assembly against them. Towards Suri, it's kind of like the idea of um, uh, putting a way to get people out of debt is that you would, um, you know, uh, place your kids in, in bondage. And if you can imagine what it's like now, though, if, if it's say you borrow money and then you have to, you know, return and uh, return and like those loan sharks instead of coming and asking for your money or you could even file for bankruptcy except for those you know we didn't have that back then they instead of that they say we had to well one way you can repay us is if we make your children slaves for a certain amount of years and this is offense again and then and uh nehemiah has confronted these individuals he can he he, he it's funny because i consulted with myself this isn't to say that he sat there and thought uh, what would I do in a situation? It's the idea that he was really angry and he needed to calm down. He saw the sin of the people. He needed to check his own heart. He calmed down and then he went to confront all the leaders about what was going on. Verse 8, I said to them, We, according to our ability, have redeemed our Jewish brothers who were sold to the nations. Now would you even sell your brothers that they may be sold to us? That they were silent and could not find a word to say. So they're basically, he's basically like confronting them on their sin and they have nothing to say. Like, okay, he just exposed their sin and he's telling them, what you're doing is wrong. Like, I mean, if you, it, it's wrong even to do it for Gentile nations, but even doubly so when you do it to your own people. And they have nothing to say. They know that, they, they realize what they've done to their own people is wrong. Verse 9, and again, I said, the thing which you are doing is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the nations, our enemies? So it's interesting that Nehemiah 
refocuses the, the situation here. Their situation, their thinking is about money. Um, oh, we have we 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 are in debt, so we sell our kids in slavery. And the people that are buying their kids, or not buying, or like taking their kids for slavery, they're thinking about money. But Nehemiah here is focusing on the glory of God. He makes God the center of the issue. He's saying, "Should you not walk in the fear of our God?" Um, because the other nations are doing exactly. I mean, the Israelites here are copying the, the practices of other nations so that the other nations are looking at the, the Israelites and thinking, well, what makes you different from us? What makes your God different from our God? Again, this should be a reminder for us when we deal with issues in the church. It should not be the way that the world deals with the issue. It should not be the same way that the world deals with it. The world deals with it in terms of anger, uh, revenge, and lawsuits and things like that. And that should not, that should not be uh, named among the, the church. There should be a different and better way for us to deal with conflict in the context of the church. Verse 10, And likewise, I said, I, my brothers and my servants, are leading, are lending the money and grain. Please let us leave off this Surrey. Please give back to them this very day their fields, their vineyards, their olive groves, and their houses. Also the hundred part of the money and of grain, the new wine oil that you are exacting from them. So he, he, he commands them to repent. He tells them to give them back their fields. Like, uh, these people are very poor. They've sold everything. They've sold, they put their kids into slavery. And Nehemiah is saying, no, you need to return these things back to them. And part of the, re that, the reason why that is is because it shows the people and even to the outside world how forgiving our God is. That although they may have uh, times of like six years of slave ser servitude, at some point there is going to be rest and forgiveness. And when they don't do that, when they start acting like the world, when they start doing the things of the world, the world will, will just see their God and the God of Israel as the same God. So he tells them to repent, to turn away from those things and give back everything uh, to, the, to the original people as a way to show that their God is, the God of Israel is generous. Verse 12, Then they said, We will give it back and will require nothing from them. We will do exactly as you say. So I called the priests and took an oath from them they would do according to this promise. So he brought in like spiritual advisors. Because remember, Nehemiah is not a priest, or prophet. He is just a politician. He's like, okay, we got to deal with this right now. And he brings the priests in so that they can like make this oath. Verse 13, I also shook the front of my garment and said, and I thought that was funny. Just imagine like he's like shaking, like, I don't know, like his cape or something like I'm out of here. But before I go, you need to hear this. And it says, thus may God shake out every man from his house and from his position who does not fulfill this promise. Even thus may be shaken out and emptied. And all the siblings said, Amen. And they praised the Lord and they and the people did according to the promise. It's just funny. He's like a, it's kind of like a very dramatic move that like, if you, it's like an imprecatory prayer. If you don't do this, then may you be like the dust that he just uh, kind of like brushed off his, his, his garment. Again, it's, I don't know, at least funny to me. Um, verse 14. Moreover, from the day that I was appointed to the governor in the land of Judah, from the 20th year of the 32nd year of King Artaxerxes, for 12 years, neither I nor my kinsmen have eaten the governor's food allowance. So again, part of the reason why the people in uh, Israel were poor was because they had to pay this tax. In verse, um, in verse uh, 4, it said they had to pay the king's tax. So when Nehemiah... Uh, stepped away from the cupbearer, he was appointed as a governor of Judah, which makes sense if you were a king, you were like, you just, okay, there's a Jewish person who wants to be, wants to go and fix his homeland, and you should just make him governor, since he trusts the cupbearer anyways. So he made him into governor for uh, during those 12 years, and it said that he didn't use any of the king's uh, money or allowance. So he had 
set aside money from him, but that money comes from the tax that is on the Jews. Now Nehemiah, he did not use the tax that was uh, given, uh, that was, he did not use the money that was from the Jews. Um, because I think he understood that like, hey, I'm telling these Jews not to uh, love money and forgive the debt. And he's trying to live that out himself. And that's what he's doing. He, he doesn't take, he doesn't use the money that was supposed to be. And he, in a sense, even like if they ask, hey, what's your budget this year? He marks it really low so that the taxing would not be as high. Verse 15, but the former governors who were up before me lay burdens on the people and took them from bread and wine uh, beside 40 shekels of silver. Even their servant uh, domineered the people. But I did not do so because of the fear of the Lord. Again, he, the fear of the Lord is what drove him to faithful living. Also, I applied myself to the work of the wall. We did not buy any land, and all my servants were gathered there for the work. Moreover, there were at my table 150 Jews and officials beside those who came to us from the nations that were around us. Now that was which was prepared for us each day was one ox, six choice sheep, also birds were prepared for me. And once in ten days, all sorts of wine were furnished in abundance. Yet for all this, I did not demand the governor's allowance because of the servant too was heavy on, on this people. Remember me, oh my God, for my good according to all that I have done for this people. So Nehemiah did all of this because he did not want to add an extra burden. He wanted to give example of uh, someone that's walking in integrity with the Lord. Again, uh, this week we're going to look at conflict resolution. And I trust that as we go through this, I hope that if you apply this in your life, that you can uh, help, help give you some principles so you can resolve conflicts in your own life. So the church uh, do this, not because we care so much about uh, what other people think, although that is part of it. We don't want uh, the name of the Lord to be under any reproach or anything like that, but that we do it out of the fear of the Lord. I hope this is helpful. I look forward to the study this week. Take care and have a good day.